God, we invite you in this place. We want you to fall heavy on us today, Lord. We want you to inhabit the praises of your people. Like the song said, all power, all glory, and all honor are yours. I ask you, Holy Spirit, anything that is of this place, anything in this place that is not of you, to burn it up and get it out of here. It's not welcome. I ask that you use me as a vessel. Speak through me as a willing, obedient servant, Lord. I love you so much, and we love you, and we thank you. And we say these things in your son's precious and holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning, church. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, as we've heard so much here lately about uh, how growing things change and all that, the last time I was up here, I did not have to wear these. So uh, thank goodness my little 12-year-old twin daughters aren't here because the first time they saw me in them, I, one of them come around the corner and saw me wearing them, and she called her sister. She nudged her and said, look at that. And I looked up and I go, what? And they were like, you look like a nerd. <laughs> so anyways, is Jerry Johnson here today? I don't see Jerry in here. Jerry, our small group, we always have a running joke about third service. It seems like uh, there's extra nuggets thrown out in third service with Pastor Eric, but uh, I guess he lets his hair down, if you will. So I guess it's safe to make uh, bald jokes. He, he joked on himself. So hopefully I don't disappoint. Uh, we're going to finish up a five-week series of uh, things you should know about Jesus. Uh, the first thing we should know that we've uh, went over is a virgin birth. You know, he came as a man, but he was not of man. He came from uncorrupted DNA, right? So he came as a man, but was not of man. He led a virtuous life. He knew no sin, but became sin for us. That's the second V. Eric, uh, in the earlier service, he said, that it's funny, Roman numerals, he's kind of doing everything by V, the number five is a V, so he's sticking to this theme. Third thing is he uh, had a vicarious death. Vicarious means he substituted himself for us and allowed himself to be beaten, bruised, and broken for us so we could be whole and holy. Fourth thing is the victorious resurrection. Last week we uh, celebrated Resurrection Sunday, and that's to celebrate Christ's defeating death. And it was a powerful Sunday if you were here. So the fifth V, very soon he will return. I, was, I would have chosen verily, because we hear that a lot in services, verily, but Pastor Eric's the lead, so we'll go with that. Very soon to return, we get the point. Side note on that, you read the verse of uh, when Mary goes to the tomb and the tomb, the stones rolled back and she runs and she tells the other disciples and the disciples come running and they go in and you notice the, the stone where Jesus laid. There were two things on that stone. There was a pile of linens that were just balled up and then that napkin was folded. I don't know if anybody's ever studied this, but... I looked into it, and it's hard to confirm, but I like it, so I'm going to use it. <laughs> so a king, after he'd finished his meal, 
Anybody ever heard this? Would fold that napkin and he'd place it on his plate or place it where he sat. And that meant one thing, he was coming back. So our Savior is coming back. He is alive, see, at the right hand of the Father, and he will come back. So those first four things, we believe. We believe those things happen. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe the virtuous life. We believe the vicarious death. We believe in the victorious resurrection. We have faith in his return. That's our hope. So what is faith? That's where we're going to start today. So you will turn with me to Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For as by the elders obtained a good testimony, by faith we understand the words were framed, the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which were, were things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So when I read this, our faith is on display every day. That's seen. And it's hard for the world to realize and it's hard for him to comprehend that our faith is based on something that they can't see and they can't touch, but we know is real. It is real. It's by faith. Right? That's a major sticking point for those of the world. How can you submit and worship to an unseen, untouchable God? It's faith. We're told right here. Moving on to uh, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm going to repeat that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, why is that? You're challenging his integrity if you don't believe him. If you don't believe he's God, he's a liar. And we know that's not true. So challenging God's integrity and you're challenging his promise that he will come back for us. So without faith, it's impossible to believe. It's impossible to please him. Right? So... If you read Hebrews 11, it goes into all these amazing, awesome stories about the elders and all the stuff that they faced. You know, by faith, Noah, he had godly fear. He uh, built the ark. Abraham obeyed, went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land promised as in a foreign country. Just go on and on. All these amazing stories of faith. You go to Hebrews 11, 13. These all died not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So we keep reading in here, and you see words like uh, they were seeking a homeland. Then 16, it says, by they desire, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And that's our promise too. Now, if you move on to Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, we also, 
Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. I want you to highlight that or put a little tick mark in your brain there. Remember that weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And this is powerful. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will be back very soon to return. Now, I asked you to denote, make a little tick mark on weight. So I'm gonna mess this up, but when I was studying for this, the going back in and seeing what the original term was, onkos in Greek meant burden, a weight, okay? Now, before we go to the next verse, I'm gonna ask, ask something of everybody in here. When we go through stressors in life and we have a death in the family, there's a, a disease diagnosed, you're battling addiction, whatever the case may be, all that, what? is commonly referred to. What does that refer to? How many people have heard, felt like the weight of the world is on me? Feels like there's a weight on my chest or there's a heaviness. God's telling us something. Let us lay aside every weight. So keep that in mind as we turn to Matthew 25, verses 14 through 33. This is the parable of talents. So let me just go ahead and put this out there. There's many thoughts and there's lots of discourse and discussion over, over this parable. Uh, like Pastor Eric said, that's a, it's a heavenly point that God's trying to make with us and he's trying to put it in our terms, okay? So this parable, it's, there's so much in it. There is so much in it and it's so deep and it's such an awesome read. Um, and like I said, there's lots of thoughts and discussions out there about what it, it, it reflects and what it means. But I like to view this book, you know, there's lots of, you know, we have apologetics and we have scholars and people that will dig in and know what this word means and that word means. And I enjoy doing that too. But for the lost, this is a roadmap to salvation and to health. They're not going to know what the Greek word was, what the Hebrew word was. We have to read it for what it is. So my opinion, my belief, when I read this, the Holy Spirit took me down a different path. The one that I'm used to when it comes to this parable is what are you doing with what God gave you? Right? What are you doing with what God gave you? So a lot of that connotates, a lot of that has a connotation that, uh, you know, it deals with... Uh, money and investing and your works. Could be the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. Could be the fruits of the Holy Spirit. A talent is defined as a measure of weight often used to denote money, and that's what it was used for in those times. Just for reference, a talent of silver back in those days was 100 pounds. A talent of gold was 200 pounds, okay? 
So this is me. If you've been, if you've heard me bring a message before, I like laying a foundation. I'm in law enforcement. <laughs> I've had to testify several times in court, and if you mess something up, boy, they'll bring you up. So I like laying a foundation. So this is the foundation of this parable of talent. So turn with me. We'll look at. Uh, we'll start reading verse uh, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who is who called his own servants. And delivered his goods to them. So I want to break that down real quick. Those four sentences, if you look at this, traveling to a far country. We just read back in Hebrews that the elders didn't see the promise fulfilled, but they were in search of a homeland. They were in search of a heavenly country. We know John 14, 2, that Jesus tells us, not be afraid, I'm going to prepare a place for you. So is that a far country? So we, is this man, as we know Jesus was born a man, but not of man, could this be talking about Jesus? And who are the servants that we're talking about? Could it be the church? Go to Matthew 21, verses 25 through 28. Turn there real quick. And you see, to support that thought, my fingers will work here. Come on. Verse 25, but Jesus called to himself. And what did we just read? The man who called his own servants, okay, he called to himself. Called them to himself. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over lord it over them, and those who are great who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it not it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be what servant. Okay. So I believe we're talking about the church here because we are to reflect Christ's glory as a church. We're supposed to carry out the orders and his message, make disciples. And he delivered his goods to them. And this is where it's going to get a little interesting. So what are the goods? Well, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, that, that we're, uh, that, or that's discussed in Galatians. It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the Beatitudes. Because those were a playbook. Those were, those were, how to put it, encouraging words of how to live, how to obtain a heavenly joy, a true joy in your life. Or could it be what we read in John 21, where Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. So you take all that into account, and you read this. We'll continue, so keep all that in mind. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. The one who uh, got five talents went and traded them, made another five. Likewise, the one who had gotten two, he made two more. 
But he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Pause right there and turn with me to Romans 14, verses 10 through 12. What's that say? But why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So I very soon return. So then, each of us shall give what? Account of himself. So this master comes back after this long journey, this Lord, and he's settling his accounts. So the one who received five talents, he comes up to him, comes up to his Lord, says, uh, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Same thing for the servant that had two talents. And you'll notice that there's no additional glory given to the one who doubled his talents and ended up with 10 compared to the one who got four. They both utilized what was granted to them, what was delivered to them. But the one, talk about the one. There's always one, right? <laughs> I've been in government for 25 years, and the one thing I've learned is there's always that one. And uh, I was told early in my career when I got promoted back in 09, one of my buddies handed me a sheet, and it was the top 30 things you should never say to any of your employees at their end of year eval. One of them was, uh, oh, it was uh, continuously uh, sets low standards and attains his goal. <laughs> Another one said, clearly, your DNA gene snuck into the pool when the lifeguard wasn't looking. I jokingly say these things. It's a list of them. I should have brought them. It would have been a good comic relief. But there's always that one, right? So let's read about that one. So the one that buried it. Let's see. Then the one who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at the coming I would have at least received back my own interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10. For to everyone has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's harsh. Right? So if we're, the analogy of this, this verse, this parable, uh, started saying that, you know, my belief is this is a good representation of Jesus. He went to prepare a place. And he's gifted the church with certain gifts 
He's gifted the church with uh, spiritual gifts. He's asked us, feed my sheep. But faith, ye of little faith, we've heard this, right? To be cast in outer darkness, you can't lose your salvation. If you've given your life to Christ, this is talking about somebody who didn't take that step. This is that one servant who did not step into God's glory and accept that free gift. Wicked and lazy. So what does it say again? It said he was afraid. So we know fear of the Lord is a good thing, a respect. And I like to think of it this way. It's a fear of respect knowing what he can do to my enemies <laughs> because he fights for me. Right? So, but this fear, this is, was afraid. So he's, his master, he's admitting clearly by what he says, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. That, that denotes somebody that has power. <laughs> if they're able to go reap what they haven't sown and, and gather where they have not spread seed, that is a powerful person. Yeah. It's a wealthy person. But being afraid, this reminds me of that saying, I see it all the time. I see people wearing hats and shirts, and it's so true. Faith over fear. Do we get back to faith? So this one servant, what do you tell the other ones? Good and faithful servant. Good and faithful What if these talents were things God granted us to fight back against the worldly things that we see and deal with? What if these talents are, you're fighting depression, you have a loved one that's passed away, you're fighting addiction. There's only one thing that can overcome all that, faith like God's going to fight your battle for you and heal you. Amen. So all these talents, you see the first one, he had five talents. He was dealing with a lot. Maybe an alcoholic. Maybe lost a family member. Maybe a child diagnosed with a disease. Maybe himself. A lot going on, but guess what he did? God, I know you got it and you're gonna fight for me. Because by faith, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. And he fights for us. So when you view it that way, you have this one servant not dealing with anything. His life's good. He's been resting on his own strengths, his own power, his own will. Everything's been perfect in this dude's life. His or her life, sorry, dude, that's slang. <laughs> I did have a, uh, I was gonna go into the Beatitudes and I was gonna have a, let me see what my notes said. It said uh, we were gonna have a redneck reading of the uh, Beatitudes. <laughs> so I'm from Louisiana, I just learned how to wear shoes. So, uh, so, so we have this one, 
this wicked and lazy one that buried his talent and did nothing with it. He was challenged, for the first time he was challenged with something hard and he wasn't willing to step out on that faith and accept that grace and fight back through faith. And I wrote this, we should be fearless in our faith because as Isaiah tells us, 54, 17, the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. And that is by faith. So again, we had a good definition of faith earlier in Hebrews, things unseen. But if we go to Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, I think this sums it up best. And this tells us all we need to know. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of your works, lest anyone should boast. So these three servants and their talents. The first two exercise great faith in the face of adversity. Never faltering, never waving. While the one, he chose to put his faith back in that tomb and roll the rock back in front of the opening. His faith did not believe that there's a resurrected Christ that's coming back. And he will be coming back. So I'm usually running out of time. I'm ahead now. <laughs> I don't know if our worship team's ready to come up. And <laughs> I got a little too fast. We could go through the Beatitudes if you wanted to. We got a redneck reading. I don't know if y'all want to do that. Uh, I'm sorry for the uh, hasty completion of this. A little too efficient this time. I do have one more tab here, and uh, I, referenced it, I referenced it earlier. I'll just go ahead and read it while we're, our worship team's getting ready. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you jump down to six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, by grace, through faith. That's how we need to attack life. The talents that we've been given, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been granted to us to help us survive this lost world and push back and fight. And that's what we gotta keep doing, never wavering. With that, I invite you to take uh, communion. Thank you, ma'am. You stand or stay seated.
It's up to you. We, uh, this is something that we've come to, uh, I've come to absolutely cherish this time. Uh, I was raised Catholic, Catholic Mormon, <laughs> if you can believe that. So uh, this is something you did. Every other weekend I did this when I was in the Catholic church. <laughs> but it had no meaning to me then. Now it does. It's the bread of life. And this represents Jesus' body that was broken, bruised, and beaten for us. And if you view it, this is how I view it. He was broken into so many pieces, and you're holding a piece of it right now. And this is the only medicine you need. No vaccine, <laughs> no antibiotic is better than this. And we do this in memory and in thanks of him for what he did for us. Father God, Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice you made for us on our behalf. You took our beating, you took our shame, and you bore those stripes for us so we could be healed, we could be whole, we could be healthy, and we could be made anew. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We say these things in your name. Jesus' name, amen. And the blood. Oh, the power of the blood. The covering. While he was being beaten and broken and bruised and battered for us, and his body was torn apart, his blood spilled. And that blood was spilled for our salvation. You know, the outside world, kind of like that third servant. They view our God as a harsh God, as one that we have to make live by rules and everything else, constantly uh, holding things over us. I always like to think of it this way. That's really the devil that's, that's beating us up. And as he's beating us, think of that cat and nine, that, uh, I think it's the cat and nine tails, that they ripped Jesus' body apart. If you think of that, you think you are the one that, that is uh, taking that beating and that's the devil holding that and he's ripping your body apart. Jesus is jumping in front of you. <laughs> he's wrapping his arms around you and he's taking that beating for us and that blood being spilled. That's salvation, the power of the blood. Jesus, we thank you again for your sacrifice, for the blood you spilled for us to cover us and give us away that free gift. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. We say these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.